What up? This is Myron, and you are listening to the Rye Bread and Mustard, a Mariners podcast. The alternative underground back alley underbelly on the other side of the tracks, down on the docks, speak easy, dive bar style podcast of and about your beloved Seattle Mariners that you are listening to right here on the Odyssey app on Odyssey Sports or wherever else you're getting that podcast action from. Listen, we're not going to judge where you're getting it from as long as you're getting it, as long as you're saying, hey, hello by, I don't know, maybe if you're on like uh, Apple Pods by giving us a five-star review or a review, any kind of review. We'd love it. We'd love to hear your feedback. You can also give us that feedback on our socials, on Instagram, on Twitter, on Facebook, or on YouTube, where maybe you're checking this out right now. Anyways, we have uh, we took a little bit of time off here. That we haven't done an episode in one week, or we haven't put one out in one week. So we're just gonna briefly talk about this road trip, where we're at right now with the Seattle Mariners. They've went to Detroit. They've went to Boston. They're headed on into Atlanta. And uh, a lot of mixed emotions, I think, in the last week, you know, and, uh, you know, if you're watching, here's the big reveal with me today to sort these things out is the beloved Hanno in Edmonds. He just looks so happy. Listen, I can't tell you guys how happy he is to be here, but maybe he can. What's up, Hanno? Hey, Myron. How you doing, bud? Well, I'm feeling... I'm feeling like I can't get excited yet for the team. I just keep feeling like we're getting to this point where you can get excited and we're getting, you know, a bit let down on the fan. And, um, you know, we're on a road trip where, yeah, they won two or three, which was great. But this, this, this Boston, this Boston series has really got me feeling down. And even the way they ended the Detroit series. Yeah, I mean, there are some definitely frustrating portions of this Boston series. The pitching really crapped out on you. Yeah, it's tough, you know, going back and looking at how you lost these games uh, in Fenway. Um, but, you know, the positive sign is the Mariners have won 10 of their last 16. But, boy, it's been a struggle to get behind him. I couldn't agree with you more. I mean, it's, it's painful at times watching this team, uh, especially offensively. Um, their pitching's been incredible, like I said. Uh, and if if they don't get a couple hits, um, or as as this series showed, if the pitching is anything but perfect, this team struggles. Yeah, and and, and if the pitching just somehow shits the bed, it's it's you're pretty much screwed. Yeah, and like you mentioned, you know, up and down the first game of the series. You know, the M's really exploded, and that was really a nice thing to see. You you get these little glimpses, but there's not, not much uh, consistency with back-to-back games uh, as far as that type of offensive output. So you're hoping to string some wins and some hits and some, some games like that together, but so far we just haven't seen it. Yeah, I'm, and, you know, yes, you are right. We are 10 out of our last 16, uh, you know, up until this uh, last week. It really seemed like they were t- turning a corner. You kept on looking at the standings. You know, they were, you know, a, f- a couple games back, three games, four games. Not so much looking at that when I'm looking at the standings, but I was looking at the last 10. 
and you kept seeing like seven and three, maybe a six and four. Now we're looking at a five and five and 10 out of the last 16. Yes. But, uh, you know, uh, those six losses out of that 16 have seemed to come, uh, you know, in the last week. Yeah. I mean, you're playing some good offensive teams. Boston's shown that, uh, Fenway has always been a difficult place to play for the Mariners. They haven't, you know, won a series since 2014 and you get a bunch of crazy games back there, you know, weird stadium, weird dimension. Um, so yeah, I mean, it, it, it's, you just never know what happens when you go into Boston, but yeah, I mean, they're a better offensive club. You're going into Atlanta next. I know we'll touch on that later, but they're even a better team in my opinion. So you got your, you got, you got a lot of work ahead of you to round out this road trip in a positive manner. Yeah, since the year 2000, we are 27 and 51. Uh, we, we've in the last, you know, since 2000, I've only managed to score 4.22 runs a game um, and runs against us. And this is before today's on this it was 5.72. So we're basically giving up six runs a game in there. And the series yes. record is 5.17 and three. Yeah, I mean, four runs, like you mentioned there, that we average, it's just not enough. I mean, we saw that in that one game uh, where Boston got out to a 4 nothing lead. The Mariners rev right back, you know, and, uh, you know, four runs is not that big of a lead in that type of ballpark, you know, with a, with a monster and pesky pole and all the other kind of things. So, but yeah, those numbers say it all. I mean, four runs just is not enough in Fenway. Now, when when they show all those numbers there, I do that that I pulled from um, that they showed on the broadcast. I'm it, it's from the year two thousand, so I'm wondering how many of those are from recently. But I, I went back to last year's podcasts, and last time we played in Boston, I think that's when the big Trevor story was basically single handedly beating the crap out of us last year. And then this was a little bit before they came back and then finally hit that uh, 10 games under 500. So it's pretty interesting that last year when we were wrapping up the series, it felt like this. But I think worse, a lot worse in, in the big picture. Yeah, definitely some similarities. Like you mentioned, Trevor's, Trevor Story, a guy that the M's wanted to acquire that they missed out on. Um, the M's not playing good at the time or what fans and everybody expected. Same thing this year, you know, M's aren't playing as good as fans and, you know, probably they expected. And the fans are frustrated with what happened in the offseason of not getting a big guy. I mean, you can see that with the way this team's been constructed and how it's performed early. So, yeah, a lot of similarity between the two. You're exactly right. Yeah, uh, there just has been some tough games in Boston. Um, you know, I, and, and we didn't talk about the Detroit series, so let's maybe just talk about that for two minutes here. Um, really quick, just, just an overview on it. You know, the first two games felt really good. That third game, you seemed like you, you're, uh, you, know, you knocked this pitcher out. You actually faced more bullpen than you did starting pitchers in Detroit. It just didn't seem right that the Mariners didn't get that last third, that third game. And I feel like I know you can just get rid of games and move on to the next one, but that definitely, I feel like that was a really important game to get 
I know that they turned it around quickly in, in Boston, but now with that, with that game lost and losing this series, you're sitting back here now at what a three and three right now going into the last three into the series where, you know, I would have liked to have been about four and two, maybe five and one on this road trip. And maybe that, that win on Sunday, you know, could catapult them or put them in, uh, you know, shove them in the right direction. I don't know. I know this is just a hypothetical uh, talk here, but I, that game still bugging me days later. Oh yeah. I mean, they, yeah, you're right. I mean, four and two looks really good and that's kind of what we hoped for. And we talked about, um, you know, the last time we were on kind of the overview of the road trip, but yeah, going to three and three and going into Atlanta, a team that's got incredible pitching, been playing well. Acuna has been off the charts, uh, hot, you know, he's been on a heater. So, and the games between the Mariners and Atlanta last year at T-Mobile were incredible. So, you know, we're going to get a lot of that, some good pitching. Um, but Atlanta, you know, they just, uh, it's going to be a tough series for them. Yeah, and and it is going to be a tough series for them. Um, luckily, we have our homegrowns, probably the, the the three pitchers right now, right now on the staff. If I had to be like, I need three guys for a series right now. Those these would be my three guys. Uh, what do you think about that statement? No, I think you're exactly right. I mean, Marco in the third game of the Boston series certainly didn't have it on just over an inning. Uh, did not have his command. Just got fucking lit up i mean there's no other thing to say about it you know i mean he got (laughs) rocked um and you know he's been pretty good for us you don't break out the f hey you don't break out the f-bombs much unless you mean them no i try not to and you can even notice there it kind of slipped out so but he got i should have said he got rocked. he got freaking rocked he did so no he he got Um, fucking rocked he got lit up he got lit up like a christmas tree and it's only may yeah and he's had a good start to the season so far. You got to give him credit for that. He has his his two his besides this performance and the one in Toronto, he's been great. Yeah, he sure has. I mean, and then you know you asked me the question of the three guys going into this Atlanta series. I mean, yeah, and then Luis Castillo the night before, you know. Um, he didn't have his stuff and hasn't had his A quality, A plus quality stuff here of late. But uh, even, I mean, he still battled in that Boston series. He got down early. We got back into it. We kind of grinded. We, you know, he looked like he turned it around and then, you know, he gave up a couple more and we just could not recover from it. And he's not been um, the Luis Castillo lights out player that we um, have come accustomed, been have come accustomed to you know um but reading a lot of things uh cincinnati i guess last year he had a little a little blurb uh in the beginning of his season where he struggled so uh maybe that's just a thing of him you know so we'll see but answer your question yeah the guys that are starting to be sorry to be so long-winded but the guys that are starting this series yeah they've been your three best starters lately yeah bryce miller look he's he's setting records um he's faced houston he's faced detroit and he's faced oakland uh you know obviously houston is a great great team they can turn it on at any point offensively yeah oakland and and detroit you're you're still happy that he's doing that to them because they're a major league team you know friday night 
Apple TV, you know, he's going against Elder, who's 3-0, 1.94. This is going to be one of those games that is, you know, we're going to look at. We're going to we're going to think about we're going to overanalyze it, I'm sure. But this is a whole different um, atmosphere going in and pitching in Atlanta versus, yes, you are at home with a big crowd. You pitched in Oakland in front of, you know, a handful of people and you, you pitched in Detroit, you know, uh, on, you know, uh, against a team that's uh, not very good. This is going to be a big test for him. Yeah, absolutely. Going into that Detroit game, I you know, after a few good starts, you're thinking, oh, when you know, anybody would have a little setback or regression or what have you, any way you want to describe it. And, um, you know, in the beginning of that Detroit game, uh, he looked like he wasn't as sharp and he got, you know, a couple of balls were hit pretty hard off of him, but he got back onto it, made some adjustments and was lights out. So going into this next game against Atlanta, I'm kind of, you know, kind of feeling the same way. He's so young, been so dominant, you know, has the league figured anything out on him? Is there enough tape on him yet? But he just continues to show and just totally dominate these guys, you know, with that high riding fastball and that wipeout slider. So, man, he's been good. Yeah, he, he really has. And you keep seeing things that back up the statement of like this guy is uber confident right and, and you can tell he he just has that you know that it thing about him i feel like that is gonna help him and propel him to bigger and better things oh yeah the way he carries himself he doesn't look like a rookie he doesn't look rattled he gets up there and he just tries to blow it by guys i mean he's a, he's an incredible talent and hopefully he keeps it up you know i mean the way that Mariners and the broadcast have talked about his spin rate and all this other thing, numbers and stuff that he has accomplished. I mean, sky's the limit. I mean, what a, what a good thing to have with Robbie Ray going down. Yeah. Uh, again, I, I've said it before. I feel like it, it doesn't make anything better, but it, it definitely lessens the blow. At least it has right now. And, you know, we've seen Robbie Ray come back and, be in the dugout and be around the guys. And, I, and I'm sure, you know, that just means a lot too to somebody like Miller that he's in there on the road watching him pitch. Yeah, it was interesting. I was interested about that as well. And finally, I guess he's got a home in Michigan. So um, that's the reason that he came to visit oh, okay. the, uh, the team, which was really cool. And he felt, I uh, heard a little thing saying that he was happy to be around the guys you know he's got a long recovery still he's in a brace i don't know if you saw that some of the photos but uh, he's still got a, while, a little ways to go before he starts his rehab but man he's got a long road of recovery and uh rehab but i'm sure that that was uh cool for him to get back with his teammates for a weekend yeah uh it was it was good to see him him there looks like he's growing his hair out uh in the meanwhile I usually don't notice those things, but I'm glad you keep me informed for that. Yes, he is definitely growing his hair out. That uh, and the player's his pants. Hair. His, his hair looks very healthy. His arm might not be healthy right now, but his hair looks very healthy. Hi, this is Tom Pachork of the Seattle Mariners, inviting everybody to come on out to the Kingdom on August 23rd for Mariners Funny Nose Glasses Night. Be the first Tom. in your neighborhood Tom, to have... Tom, I'm sorry. August 23rd is not funny nose glasses night. It's jacket night, Tom. 
Jacket night. Yes, every kid 14 and under gets an official Mariner's vinyl jacket free, Tom. Jacket? No noses. No funny nose no glasses. Noses. No, I'm sorry. Hmm. What am I going to do with 30,000 pairs of funny nose glasses? That's your problem, Tom. Uh, another thing I saw, uh, Bryce Miller, obviously, uh, it's Jerry Kelnick, a couple other people. This is their first time in Boston playing. Um, as you know, maybe listeners, not every listener knows, but basically when you go in there for your first time, uh, they let you go out what behind the monster and you go behind the wall and you sign your name, right? Yeah. Yeah, you're yeah. exactly right. So they got to... Yeah, they got to do that. And uh, what was interesting, what I saw in this video package prior to the game, they showed when Bryce Miller was in there, and I had to stop and rewind it to see to make sure I wasn't going crazy. But somebody gave him a pencil. He wrote his name with a pencil, with a lead pencil. Oh, interesting. Yeah, I didn't see that portion. I saw I saw a few of those guys with a Sharpie, and I think they also showed last year's when um, Kirby and Logan were there, and what, what interested me was noticing that Logan signed his name left-handed. Very interesting. So, we got to do some investigating on that. Yeah, maybe that's just because Walter's. You, Walter. <laughs> Walter's a lefty, huh? Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. I just, I was just wondering why they gave him a pencil. Maybe it's, it's fine. Maybe it'll, whatever wallpaper they're using, it'll stay. But I was like, somebody, if they really hated him, could go out there with a rag, you know, and just or something, or with like, I would definitely be like, no, I want something very, very permanent that's gonna last hundreds of years, if, if possible. If I'm back there signing it, I don't know about you. What would you do if somebody said, hey, we want you to sign it. Here's a pencil. Yeah, really odd because I know I didn't notice that aspect. Good eyes on you. Um, I mean, just to be able to be in Fenway, I mean, I'd be okay with it. Yeah, I mean, I guess it's better than, you know, uh, one of those ma uh, those glow in the dark magic markers. But uh, I, was just, I just was like, is that a pencil? And then I thought it was maybe like, a pen that was made to look like a pencil. So I rewinded it and I watched it like two or three times, like the Zapruder film. No, it was a pencil. I'm, I stand by that. Um, dun, dun, dun. Got to get, put you on the case. Of uh, this. Yes, I am on the case of this. If there's any listeners that are listening that also noticed that or noticed it was a pen, please, uh, please uh, let us know on the socials or, even at our email at ryebreadandmustardpodcast at gmail.com. Rye Bread and Mustard, a Mariners podcast. We have the one and only Mr. Tom Hutler. How are you doing? Doing well, guys. There was one time I came out of a watering hole in West Seattle watching some guy had been overserved, and I came out. I came out of the restaurant, and he goes, "You're the Mariner guy." I go, "Yeah." And he goes, "Could you do Ken Griffey Jr.?" And I said, "Okay." So I did it, and he goes. You're a great man. <laughs> Rye Bread and Mustard, a Mariners podcast. Hear the full episode on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcast. Yeah, let's just talk a little bit about the the next uh, couple of starts that are going to be in the series. We're also going to see Logan. Uh, how do you feel like Logan's been pitching lately? What's your opinion on that? Um, Probably out of those three, I would put him in the, the three hole. I would probably put... Uh, 
Um, Kirby one, Miller two, and then Logan three. And the reason I put don't put Miller at number one, even though he's God just been outstanding. Um, Kirby, man, he's just he's he's giving you the innings. He's eating the innings, you know. Even when he doesn't have his best stuff, it feels like he's in the seventh or later innings. And to save this bullpen the way they are abused and used every single night in high leverage situations, I mean. I just think it's massive right now. So, but Logan, I mean, yeah, he's a great pitcher. And I mean, he just, I'm just so just, I'm excited for what Kirby has done and what he's continuing to show, even without him having his best stuff. I'm really excited for him this year. Yeah. Kirby just seems like out of all of the people outside of Robbie Ray and Castillo, all of these young guys, of course, if there was like a race, if this was like one of those like r- amazing races or one of those reality shows where they're going to, you know, get to the finish line or, or whatever. Um, he seems like he's the guy in the lead to, to be the next ace right now. Kirby. Definitely. Yeah. He's got all the pictures, the repertoire, you know, I mean, he, yeah, you're 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 right. There's there's just no more cliches or anything to brag him up. Yeah, he's just he's that good. He's shown it, and he's got. I mean, yeah, big fan of him. Yeah, and and he's going to be uh, anchoring this series. So the next time it's back on Root Sports, uh, we get George Kirby um, again. Remember that these games are on Apple TV. My grandma Norma, my 92 year old grandma Norma, has already been busting my balls about this since uh this since this game like showed up on the tv schedule last week also saturday is going to be on fox so i would really like the mariners especially the offense to get it going i know that some people do not like the apple tvs and don't like the fox i particularly do like when other people can see our team across the country um, and, and it's in, in a more forced way like this. And listen, everybody knows we got good pitching. Um, what's happened here in um, the last couple of days, even with the bullpen, it's like it's an anomaly. This garbage point, garbage innings. You see Spire go out there. Unfortunately, three runs here in this blowout in this last game. I have a feeling that the, the bullpen is going to bounce back, especially if these pitchers can eat up these innings but really we need to get this offense going and being consistent yeah i mean today in in our excuse me the last game of the series only only cranking out five hits is it's just not enough you know so uh like you mentioned ty has a nice hit streak going so that's positive 14 games kelnick slowed down yeah, I feel like Kelnick slowed down a little, but he still chips in with a hit a day, it seems like. Yeah. So uh Julio went over five. He's you know, he's still kind of struggling, but still kind of popping out of it. I don't know. What's your opinion of him right now? I feel like him and Teoscar Hernandez are in the same in the same boat of what's going on with them. It's like they'll have these games or a couple of games in a row where they'll have multiple hits, and then it's just a lot of nothing. I mean, uh, you know, Teoscar uh, on this road trip going into today's game before we started today's game, he was hitting about 
four twenty, four thirty. You know, he goes zero for four today, which is going to happen. But it just seems like these guys seem to like get it going. Um, things seem like they're they're dropping a bit more for Hernandez out there. I know Julio's ran into some bad luck last year. It was getting squeezed by the umpires. This year, he's just hitting the ball right at people. That's why I feel like he's been in a lot of double plays. But at the same time. It does. It did seem like, and and Scott Services pointed this out, and other baseball analysis people. It just seems like he was doing way too much at the plate, and it still seems like that that's going on for the most part. Yeah, I I, I agree with that. I mean, and then you know this series to see Cal Raleigh do what he did, um, and Fenway being the first player yeah. ever to do that, um, that was incredible. I mean. I'm, I'm another big fan of Cal Raleigh. I mean, defensively, I mean, he threw a guy out, you know, uh, you know, switch hitting two home runs in yes. the same game in Fenway. It's another, I mean, Cal is Cal. He's one of the upper echelon catchers, in my opinion, in the American League. So uh, that's good news. Um, Trammell, too. I mean, it was nice to see him get going. I mean, it's nice to see him get some opportunity in the outfield, too, as well. So. Uh, he just needs to get some at bats to, you know, feel even he more does. comfortable. And he does. He needs to stay short. You know, he's got four hits right now at the time it's recording going into the Atlanta series. Three of those are home runs. And, you know, but he, that's, it seems like that's kind of turned into his MO a little bit is that this guy is going to be a power guy, you know, uh, in the season prior when, and he, Definitely had some of that power stroke, but uh, much more, much more strikeouts were happening last year than this year. I mean, he still strikes out a, a good amount, but that's what seems to have like seemed to have cut down, which is which is a, a positive thing, because if he's making contact and he's like getting the ball on the barrel or just on the barrel, that's really nice to see. There's a couple of outs here he had in Boston that. Uh, I was just like, oh, man, that's got to be gone. He had one that he soared in game two that just was sky high. He got the barrel on it and just got underneath it. And then today, unfortunately, that wind caught it. Yeah, the, everybody was talking about that. I I saw it, and, I mean, it's hard to say the way the other Boston players were hitting the ball. So yeah. maybe, <laughs> maybe the wind came out at that time. But here or no there, I mean – Another guy, it's been nice to see J.P. Crawford get in that number one hole and really kind of do really well at it and, and perform. I mean, what are your thoughts since the change has been made? Yeah, I, I like it. I, I also like seeing – there's two parts of it. I love seeing J.P. up there because I remember in 2021, that was the motor that got this offense going. It was always nice to flip it back up. That's when the J.P. chant started. Last year, he didn't have a very good season all, all around. He had a tough season. Um, I wouldn't say it was a bad season. It was just a tough season. It didn't, he didn't take that step forward we thought he was going to. Um, Julio, I feel like, kind of got put into that position because of JP not being JP. And then, you know, J-Rod became J-Rod right there. And, of course, you want him to have that extra at bat. But I think naturally, I like to see JP up there. He walks. Um, you know, he, he can get on base, uh, with, you know, when, especially when he's hitting the ball the other way and he's flicking it, I know he can turn on him now and then I'd like to see him a little bit, bit, use more, you know, the left center field gap a bit more. Uh, 
but I do like seeing him up there. And the other part of it is I do like seeing Julio down in the order. I do like seeing JK and him go back to back. I, I feel like it lengthens the lineup with more of a threat with Julio being down in the lineup, which, you know, obviously spreads out a bit more of the power, uh, a bit more of the guys that are going to, you know, clear the table versus when you have a, a JP Crawford at like seven or, or six. So I like the look. I hope it can continue to uh, blossom. Yeah, I agree with you. I think it's got it. It has a good look to it. I hope to see some more out of it. There's definitely some potential. I agree with your, your assessment of lengthening the lineup um, and giving guys, you know, and even shoving guys down like Suarez and Hernandez and, you know, having Cal up there kind of in the cleanup spot at times. I mean, it's that, yeah, I really like that. Um, if everybody can start clicking kind of, I mean, yeah, it looks really good. Uh, but, you know, as we saw this weekend, I'll get to it kind of lastly here as we kind of look over the main guys. Uh, there were some things this weekend, not only offensively, that have been kind of a bugaboo, but, I mean, it was so frustrating on a routine ground ball that Colton Wong couldn't make the play in time, that pop fly into the outfield. I mean, I feel for the guy. He's getting brutalized, but, man, he's really, really struggling. Yeah, it's, it just seems like he cannot get it going. And at the same time, you got, you know, Caballero, who's just getting better and better. I know that maybe you don't want him in there against the toughest right-hander in there, and you do – want to get Colton Wong going because he has a track record of, you know, being an everyday player in this league. You also traded for him. Uh, you also let, you know, at Frazier walk, uh, you didn't make any of these other big moves that we've pined over and we're going to continue to uh, talk about it. But right now the Mariners need wins. And I heard Ryan Roland Smith's, say something I, I i'm like yes I, I love it he was talking about like yes it's early in the year and you can always say it's early but now we've hit this point where it's not the early excuse isn't always going to be there anymore now you know we're a quarter of the way of the season and, and we got to start putting w's together is basically like what he was saying and for me right now I don't want to run Caballero to the ground or anything like that. Like, you know, we were kind of afraid we were doing with Haggerty last year where you're like, is he an everyday player yet? Or is, if is he's not, but the thing is he's, he's doing something in every game, whether it's a hit, whether it's a good play, whether it's just pushing the momentum of the attitude of the, of the team. I like it. I mean, I don't know what Colton Wong does. Maybe he's a silent, good clubhouse leader, but I mean, you're, just you're feeling as a fan you're i'm feeling caballero yeah luckily you have a spot or have a guy like caballero that you know is coming through and improving and doesn't look scared up there i agree he needs to get more at bats i mean wong's just looking like this year's jesse winker who's just not comfortable not producing and he's the mariner you know whipping boy and uh you know, but the thing of it is, is he, you feel like he gives effort, but that ground ball, oh, yeah. that seam routine, you, you just, that just baffles you. So that, you know, that's where you kind of, you know, take a step back. But uh, yeah, I mean, and, he has not been good at all. 
No, and you saw here in Game Three in Boston, you you saw the lineup the day after that happened. And there was a right hander on the mound, and Caballero got to start. Yeah, great observation. You're right. I mean, it's just it it was just kind of inexcusable of of you know that happening. And then to add on, like we mentioned, did you see that fly ball? It's like Teoscar was nowhere near it, and I mean, I don't even he wasn't totally under it, but. He just kind of gave up on it, and I—I I don't know. It's when when it's going bad and that happens, it's it's just you know the snowball effect. Yeah, I mean, it's I I hope he can get it turned around. He's much more, much more, not even comparable, much more of a tolerable person as far as <laughs> from a fan's point of view than than Colt than uh, Winker was, but. Uh, yeah, I, I just I don't know what's gonna happen. It's interesting when um, Dylan Moore gets healthy. I don't know what do you do. Are you gonna lose a pitcher? Are you gonna lose Haggerty? I right now there's nothing that Caballero's doing that would want me to have him sent down. Yeah, to me, I'm I, I agree with that, but I also think I feel like nobody on that bench is 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 uh safe as far as when demo demo comes back and i did see that you know he had that setback a while ago but i did see that he's going to be making an appearance this weekend uh starting i think actually playing a game thursday and then the weekend up in everett getting his rehab started again so hopefully he doesn't have any setbacks so that's the latest i've heard on demo but you know if we're looking for demo to be the savior we're in trouble there too no i i know I, it's you know, you look at a team like we just played the week before. I think we mentioned this. You know, they're waiting for Corey Seager to come back. You know, <laughs> we're waiting for Demo to come back. There's, uh, there's got to be, there's got to be help sometime sooner. Maybe not tomorrow. Maybe not next week. But in the next month uh, to two months, to up, well, at least up to the deadline. Obviously, there's got to be help coming from elsewhere. Yeah, I mean it's it'll be interesting to see if Jerry and Justin are starting to have conversations with teams possibly about second baseman. I feel like there's going to be more help on the way as far as the bullpen, but I feel like that would come through, you know, via Tacoma or Arkansas. Um, but yeah, it's it's going to be interesting to see what comes about, you know, I mean with how this roster is is constructed and how far along they're going to let this play out. Because like you said, a quarter of the season's over. A lot of people talk about, oh, you got to get to 50 games to see exactly where you're at. Well, we're right there and we're past a quarter <laughs> of the season. So, yeah, I yeah. couldn't agree more. The, the, the early excuses is, is no more. No, and, you know, I definitely agree with you that who who's sitting on the bench or any of the role players – Nobody's nobody's safe. Nobody's safe. I, I've if if you were logically thinking about it. Yeah. Um just you know, it just hasn't worked out for what the Mariners had hoped for, you know, with their you know, the Colton Longs, the uh Pollock and all the way their bench has been constructed, unfortunately. But there's a lot of season to go and things can change. So but up to this point it's been sub par to say the least 
Well, listen, I think we've we've bitched and moaned and conversated and thought and congratulated enough what I'm trying to say there is we're wrapping up here on the time on the series. You know, we haven't been back for a week, but we will be back uh, Monday uh, back on our regular schedule. Um, but Friday, we got a special episode dropping with actor, writer, director Bill Posley. If you maybe you might recognize him, he's a was a writer for uh, Cobra Kai. If you uh, follow that show, maybe you've seen that name on the screen. Um, he's also been selected to write the uh, spinoff uh, movie for uh, Ferris Bueller's Day Off, uh, um, as well as written on Keenan. Um, also uh, writing on the, uh, he's also written on the show uh, Shrinking. Uh, with Harrison Ford that's on Apple TV. Anyways, he's a he's a Red Sox fan, and we were playing the Red Sox. Actually did this uh, conversation a day or so ago, but we're just going to get this out to you on Friday. So just a lot of fun stuff, a lot of baseball talk, a little bit of showbiz talk. Um, you know, the thing about somebody from Boston or somebody from Chicago, uh, you know, as a Mariners fan, sometimes we can – look or lean on them for them to understand some of the pain, you know, that we're going through, Hannah. Yeah. I'm looking forward to checking that out. Um, that'll be awesome to hear. That's cool. Yeah. The new Ferris Bueller is coming out, huh? Yeah. I believe it's a, it's a, it's a spinoff. Uh, it has a different name, a couple different characters, kind of like the same thing. I mean, I don't know much about it. It's just been announced on deadline. So he was a lot, he was allowed to talk a little bit about that. So we got that coming up here on the next episode. Uh, but yeah, Bill's a real interesting guy. Also a veteran who served overseas, did a couple of tours over overseas. Um, and also was on a uh, season 11 of survivor. So he's had a he's had an interesting life. He talks about you know watching uh, games similar like Hanson, where he doesn't he like to zero in, watch him from home, especially the big games. You don't want nobody bugging you. Talk a little bit about that, and you know wh- where he was and how he was feeling when you know the Boston Red Sox finally won the World Series. Again, we're playing Boston, which you know, but he's also one of these guys that I always talk to that always has just really good regards about like Seattle sports and Seattle's team. So he's always been a good person. I've always uh, talked, you know, you know, Turkey when it comes to sports was uh, lucky enough to catch up with him the other day. And I was like, fuck it. You should just come on the podcast. So we sat there and we recorded it. We're going to pop that out on Friday. We'll be back Monday. We're going to do recording somewhere up there in Seattle. Maybe we'll announce it on the socials. Um, it's going to be good to get back up in the 206 and uh, be there for the big homestand. We got Oakland. We got Pittsburgh with, uh, you know, one of our beloved uh, former Mariners, Carlos Santana. Hopefully they just don't let him leave. And then uh, we got the New York Yankees, but we're going to be down at Tacos and Tequila. We've got a couple other spots that we're going to be at. We'll announce those. Come down, say hello, say hi. But again, thank you for liking, subscribing, and following. And if you like the gear, get it at at simply.cora. That's at simply.cora on Instagram. Again, we're across all those socials. And uh, Hanno, do you have anything else you would like to add for news, news and notes? No, we'll see when you get up here. With that said, Hanno, you know what time it is. 
Please hit the ball. Play some good defense behind these pitchers. They're going to need it this weekend.